Hello friends, my name is Patrick Little and welcome to A Little History. In our first season titled A Mythology Apology. Each week I'll be bringing you stories from various mythologies and folklore from around the world. These stories can be some of the most iconic tales we've known, and some of them are just really weird and obscure. So join me each week as I present this to you, alongside a lot of shit-talking, some weird segues, and some weird silly sound effects. You're listening to A Little History. And now for the finale of the Epic of Gilgamesh. Sidiri Brewery, the nectar of the gods, who immediately made her their queen. As a cow? No, as a human. Unfortunately, he trips on a tangled root and kind of knocks himself out. <laughs> so he's a horse mechanic and he's a son of a god. He's a horse mechanic. I didn't need a freaking story about making pies, man. I know how to make a bloody pie. I've caught you the deathless. <laughs> give me the fucking ball and I'm going to go down there and I'm going to give Gilgamesh a piece of my mind. <laughs> Sorry. Plexiplus. Homeless Gandalf without a beard. I'm not going to help you at this point, but what you should do is you should leave your silver snuff box with us for us to remember you by. <laughs> silver snuff box. And she uh, she starts cursing Gilgamesh, being like, fuck you, Gilgamesh, piece of shit. So here has back to my scene here with Cassandra the concubine. <laughs> is that what she's known as? And one job to do, mate. One <laughs> fucking job. Don't look in the closet. I'm glad I got your attention. Huzzah! All right, welcome back, everybody, um, to part three of the Epic of Gilgamesh. Oh! <laughs> the saga continues. Wow. Will it end? We're not quite sure. <laughs> Are you going to do, like, a Harry Potter thing where it'll be in two parts? The last movie. <laughs> yeah. Halfway through and just be like, yeah, two, two-parter. It's like, oh, shit. That's how you get the big bucks. <laughs> it will not end. I'm going to hobbit this and just stretch the shit out of it. <laughs> oh, please don't. The hobbit. Oh, how bad. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so, where we left off uh, from last episode, Enkidu is dead. <gasps> He's gone. No. He's gone. Enki uh, deceased. And... Unfortunately, uh, it, it does affect our, our main man, Gilgamesh. Uh, <laughs> Chuck's a bit of a fit. <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah. He's prone to them. Yeah, he goes full Marlon Brando and just like rips off his shirt and his robes. He's running, <laughs> running around the street, screaming Enkidu's name. He's distraught. He's, not, he's not, not dealing with this very well at all. Puts on 80 kilos. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> eating hamburgers. He's on, he signs up to do the island of Dr. Moreau and he's like, what? <laughs> Bad move, Brando. Good movie, by the way, guys. <laughs> you want to laugh. Uh, tip top. <laughs> it's one hell of a movie. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a riot, that is. Um, so... Um, in his grief, uh, Gilgamesh gathers all of his metal workers, his jewelers, uh, and commissions a massive statue in dedication of his friend Enkidu. Oh, at least it's not of himself. That's nice. No. <laughs> this time he's thinking of somebody else. <laughs> For once, we got there. Nice. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, Enkidu. Enkidu, he's reclining in a chair. Uh, it's a place where, you know, princes will come and kiss his feet, and people can come and make mournings and offerings. Uh, to mourn him and make offerings to him in public and all that. Um, is this still around today? 
Uh, no, can you see Yankee no, Doodle? Nothing is there. <laughs> Because because uh, the statue itself was made of like precious metals, you know, ah. you're not really going to see anything uh, around there. Everyone's been like, uh, "Yeah, I'll take that and melt it down and use it for later." <laughs> Thanks. Yep. Perfect. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, so Gilgamesh he decides to clothe himself in uh, in simple animal skins and uh, basically just look like you know look like dress the wild man. He's like Enki Mark too. Oh, it's a bit of a tribute. Oh, just in mourning for his friend. He, he's distraught. He, he's, he mo- he's mourning his friend, and he's also, you know, as I said last episode, he's really worried about dying, and, and he's like, he's, he's going through a bit of a breakdown. Mm. Nice. He's lost his wrestling buddy. <laughs> Can only self, self-wrestle for long enough, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's, now he's wrestling with emotions, but <laughs> <laughs> He really is. He really is. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he decides to leave the city of Uruk and head into the wilderness. Into the wild. There you go. Eh? Yeah, he says something along the lines of, you know, I am going to die. You know, am I not like my friend Enkidu? Deep sadness penetrates my core. I fear death and now roam the wilderness. So you're like, mate, are you like 16 years old and you're just trying your hand at poetry? <laughs> like, this is, it's really, you know, it probably was really cool back in the day, but. <laughs> His girlfriend broke up with him at 16. <laughs> now roaming the woods. My life has been eclipsed by the darkest of moons. You're like, fuck off, mate. Dad's like, oh my God, just do your chores, little punk. <laughs> Gotta get this kid to play football. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. he needs, what he needs is some team sports. Need some toughen up. <laughs> so uh, the, main, the main theme of this, or the main, the main thing I'm getting at, is that Gilgamesh, he's witnessed the death of Enkidu, and now he seeks to escape his own mortality. So he decides to go. The reason he's going into the wilderness is he's looking for the famous person by the name of Utnapishtim. Utnapishtim. <laughs> Do we have something for short? So we can call Utnapishtim. 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 Nice. He's the man. Old tinny or tin man. Can we call him tin man? Or you can call him tin man if you like. Tin man. Nice. All right. I can. I can remember that. So tin man. Uh, the the one mortal, the only mortal in uh, in human reckoning or mankind's reckon humankind's reckoning, uh, mm. who was granted immortality by the gods. So Gilgamesh, oh, okay. yeah. So Gilgamesh is like, I'm going to find this guy. I need to find out how to become a mortal because I don't want to die like Enkidu did. That sucks. So mm. I'm going to go and get it. So he's roaming in the, in the wilderness and he comes across all sorts of uh, manner of animals. He finds like, uh, he, he comes across like a pride of lions and just like beats the shit out of them. <laughs> is, this a mon- is this a montage scene where he's just walking through all? <laughs> it's more like he's at, this, he's at the stage where his girlfriend's broken up with him. So he's in his room tearing down all the photos that were pinned up on his wall of her and stuff like that. And- <laughs> Listening to the heartbreaking song. <laughs> 80s. <laughs> Stepping on all the mixtapes they made each other. It's, um, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty bad, pretty bad. But uh, it's uh, uh, some of the traditions have him um, being visited uh, or, or having uh, these more of like dreams, like he's praying to the, to the gods for for help and guidance, and they send him lines. And he, in, in, but also him just going through the the grief and rage of um, of of mourning. So he's like, you know, just slaughters these lions just in like a fit of madness, but. <laughs> Anyway, God, it's not super big. He just—it's. It, I think it's mainly about him just like still being a boss fighter and just like yep. take, taking yep. it out on on a lot of things. He's fighting angry. Yes, he's fighting angry. He uh, he travels to Mount Mushul, Mount Mushul. Uh, which is a twin peaked mountain which marks the entrance uh, to a world in which mortals cannot tread. 
That sounds like the actual Twin Peaks. Yeah. <laughs> it's a funky world. Old David Lynch just hanging out. <laughs> I would say it was like something like the entrance way in uh in uh never ending story with those two weird sphinxes that shoot like lasers out of their eyes. But it's just more oh, yeah, uh, okay. yeah. it's more elemental than that. It's just like two twin peaks with like, you know, like oh. a gateway that leads to the pretty much the underworld. That's what we're looking at. Mm. Uh, but Gilgamesh can't simply pass by into the other region, for the region is guarded over by scorpion beings. Scorpions. Ooh, scorpion beings. People nice. who are like, you know, beings who are like, you know, a bit scorpion, a bit human. They can kind of do a bit of everything. Like the rock from the Scorpion King? Or like from the Mummy films? Yes. Uh, yes. But with, but with nice. uh, probably about the same amount of CGI. As that, uh, that had. <laughs> that is dismal to watch back now. So, so you're just like, I'm not really sure if I'm meant to be liking this or what. Am I scared of you? <laughs> Are you threatening? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, very cool. But, uh, you know, the tablets give us a really good, um, really good description of them, uh, which is quite vague. <laughs> so it goes, uh, yeah, yeah. Trembling terror, they inspire. The sight of them is death. Their frightening aura sweeps over the mountain. At the rising and setting of the sun, they watch over. So pretty much like they're they're up all the time watching. So there you go. <laughs> pretty much if, if you're mortal, don't go near them. They're gonna they're gonna give you some scorpion justice. Like it's not gonna go well for you. Nice. And so Gilgamesh, when he sees him, he like freaks out and turns into like a blubbering mess because these guys are just so awesome. He's like, oh, he's so shit. terrifying. He's terrifying. Oh my God. <laughs> he's, just, he's like, the CGI is terrible. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can't watch this. <laughs> but he quickly, he quickly pulls himself together and approaches them. And the male scorpion mm. being calls out to his female companion because they're a couple. Uh, oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's like husband and wife scorpion beings. I suppose you've got to kind of couple up at that stage. Yeah, you're both scorpion beings. <laughs> yeah, you're scaring the shit out of everybody else. <laughs> let's let's hook up. Like maybe we should be together. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> oh, okay. he's like, holy shit! Check out this guy. He's got to be the flesh of the gods. Check it out. And the female, the female scorpion being, she's like, you idiot. Are you blind? Can't you see he's only two thirds god? The other third is mortal. And you're like, fuck, settle down, mate. <laughs> it's not easy to tell. Someone's two parts god and one part human. She knows how to shoot down a fella. <laughs> two times. She's got him well under tow. <laughs> no. She got both of them. <laughs> he's only two parts. Look at him. <laughs> And anyway, she goes, uh, oh, sorry, the male scorpion uh, being, he's like, well, whatever, it's not easy to tell. Shit. Well, anyway, what are you doing here, mate? How come you travel here so far? <laughs> Shit. Well, he's just been dressed down by his missus in front of a stranger. He's not feeling super super cool at the moment. They're quite a bogan couple, aren't they? <laughs> Shit, mate. Take it easy. <laughs> well, they've been there for a while. They've, I want to say they've probably degenerated a little bit down the social yeah. uh, social hierarchy. Yeah. Well, she is, she is the scorpion bat, so she's got a few stingers in her. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to be a big one. Wow. God. You have to you have to clean that up in post. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's enough editing stuff to be able to clean that up, mate. <laughs> Can't put some sounds over that. <laughs> put it back. Uh, <laughs> did he do that? <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, Gilgamesh tells them who he is and all about his quests to find Utnapishtim, the Tin Man, and uh, learn the yes. secrets of his immortality. And the female scorpion being, she's like, shit, mate, that's a pretty hectic tale. Uh, I don't know if we should let you through because, you know, we're, we're meant to be guarding this pass and all. We have one job. Yeah. 
<laughs> she goes, I'm pretty sure you'd die if you went in there anyway. And uh, she goes out, she goes and tells Gilgamesh that no mortal man can pass uh, beneath the mountain because it runs through 12 leagues of darkness, dense darkness filled with deep sadness and pain where no light can penetrate. Think like, uh, like the mines of Moria in like the Fellowship of the Ring, um, but like just super glum and... Like even... I, was, I was thinking it's I was thinking it's my apartment I live in. <laughs> it just seems exactly like that. Every time I get home. All the oh, lights God. are off and you can't find a wall. You're just like walking around. All these circle. all these leagues. <laughs> leagues of darkness. Shocking. But Gilgamesh, he's still a pretty uh um he's still a pretty convincing guy and he uh he convinces the guards to let him pass. And they in the end they're like, sure mate, it's your funeral. But you know, <laughs> actually, yeah, he has got he has shit. got two parts God, so I'm sure he'll be fine. Like that's that's fine. That they sort of give let it show him to the entrance. Go, all right, on you go. And so Gilgamesh travels through deep, uh, through the deep darkness, black darkness, uh, for a whole day, and emerges on the other side, uh, what, of what can only be described as like a wonderful, wonderful paradise. So think like your typical, Ooh. you know, Garden of Eden. Like just, just it's absolutely wonderful in this place. Like this, this lush forest and all that jazz. And he goes, uh, by the edge of this forest lays a sea, and by this sea stands a tavern of all things. You know, you finish. <laughs> it does sound like heaven. <laughs> you finish walking all night. You find a bar. You, you're good. <laughs> You first see that. Oh, this forest is pretty good. If it had a tower, oh, there it is. A tavern. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there it is. Awesome. Terrific. Do, do I just think of things and they happen? Uh, oh <laughs> yeah. no, just the tavern. Okay. We know Gilgamesh loves a drink. He doesn't Go mind. Yeah. Doesn't mind a drop. Um, and so Gilgamesh, she approaches the tavern and he sees the tavern's owner, uh, a, a, a female being by the name of Sidori. Uh, who she's startled by his appearance. Saduri. S-I-D-U-R-I. Saduri. Saduri. And uh, yeah, she's she's startled by Gilgamesh's appearance because if you remember, he's uh, uh, yes. he's, he's chucked, chucked off his, or he's ripped up all his royal clothing. He's wearing like animal skins and and he's been, like in the, he's been in the wilderness and all that. So think like pre-Enkidu, uh, pre-Wash, like... He just looks like shit and look, looks like pretty much like a homeless bum. And uh, yeah. Sidori's like, fucking hell, mate. This guy looks well bad. And then like locks the door on him because she thinks that like he's going to come by and like try to murder her or something like that. Well, Gilgamesh would usually do that. So yeah. She's probably, yeah, she's got <laughs> good instincts. I want to say she probably just thinks, you know, he looks homeless, doesn't have money, like doesn't look like he'd have any money to pay for anything. So she's like, nah, mate, we're <laughs> shot. We're shot. <laughs> And uh, Gilgamesh is not happy with this at all. He's like, uh, what the fuck is this? He goes, I've just been through the deepest of darknesses, full of sadness and pain for a whole day. I want to come in. So you better open up this door. I'm going to break it down. And, um, and then he goes, <laughs> and he goes, oh, wait a second. I should probably tell you who I am. Uh, I am Gilgamesh. And tells, it, tells her his story and all the feats he's achieved and all that. And so Dori asks, well, if you are Gilgamesh, who fought and defeated Humbaba, beat up some weird lions, and grappled with the bull of heaven. How come you look like a destitute bum? <laughs> some taking a taking a slide his little career. Well, she's got she's got the doors locked. She's probably feeling pretty good about this now. She's like, yeah, yes. If you're this great guy, how come you look like shit? I think you're just a nutcase, buddy. But uh, let's see. <laughs> Go on, prove me wrong. <laughs> Uh, Gilgamesh replies, of course I look like shit, mate. Like, my best friend Enkidu is dead. Uh, and I'm sh- sure she knows who Enkidu is as well from all the tales. 
and now I'm a man of constant sorrow. Okay, I've, I'm I'm not feeling very good at, at, about anything right now. So it's it's tough to look your best when you're in constant sorrow. True it's that. Tough. True that. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, Suduri, <laughs> she's really nice, and she uh, she's persuaded and uh, convinced to open the door. Uh, to Gilgamesh oh, no. <laughs> off, and offers him as much food and drink as he wants and bids him to clean himself up and put on some 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 clean clothes. Toss off the manimal See, skins. bums, all you need, bums, is a story and get a kind heart. <laughs> you can you spin can a good get yarn. In and get free <laughs> yeah, you can get let in anyway. Yeah, I'll take this opportunity just to tell you a little bit about Siduri in in uh, sort of Mesopotamian mythology. Oh, we're getting a, a backstory. Just a little Siduri. bit. okay. She's not just some bar wench. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, Siduri is traditionally uh, the goddess of winemaking and beer brewing. So she's a good goddess to know and uh, a favourite of this podcast for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, sponsored you... by Siduri. <laughs> Siduri Brewing. Siduri Brewing, the nectar of the gods. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, um, what, she, what what I find really interesting about her is that she's considered to be uh, a manifestation of the goddess Ishtar. Oh, okay. If you remember Ishtar from from part two, yes, her yes. and Gilgamesh didn't really get on too well. Gilgamesh, fucking dick. <laughs> oh, and then back to this is oh, she's the same him. goddess <laughs> who Gilgamesh rejected and talked shit about uh, talk shit about her. Uh, you know, and then he and his mate killed the bull of heaven and then chucks its bum at her face. And she's like, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's weird that she's being super nice or, you know, a manifestation of Ishtar is in this instance, Sidori, and she's treating Gilgamesh really nice. Uh, is this going to change, Pat? Well, I can't, I can't say. I will say later on, but I can't say I can't say now. It just seems it just seems very in part four. <laughs> yes, no. in part four. Oh shit! Um, no, it's 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 one of those instances where they say, "Oh yeah, the gods are really you know benevolent and kind and all that," but at the same time, like she's super impulsive and quick to fucking dudes up. <laughs> so, um, I'm, yeah, I just thought I'd put it in there. It's, it's rather interesting that that's uh, she's she's there in that form. Oh, that character might just be like a different thing, or maybe she's even just gotten over it. She's understood that Gilgamesh is uh, is in mourning. He's not feeling. He's, he's a bit down at the moment. Uh, maybe she's like, all right, I won't pull any punches on him. I'll just give him some food and some drink and some clothing, and we'll see uh, see what happens. Well, women love a fix me up, don't they? The sad man <laughs> they can fix up. She's, she's been charmed by. Him. Well, yeah, maybe she was just a bit dirty before, and now she's like, oh, this is my chance. I can uh, I can get my way and build my man up. Yeah, oh, he's so brooding. Oh, <laughs> oh, nice. Ooh. And Gilgamesh. Well, if anyone likes a brooding man, it's fucking, yeah. <laughs> Jon Snow, shit. Oh, mm. But anyway, uh, you know, her her uh, offers of food and drink and, and, and a bath and clean clothing, uh, that's not something Gilgamesh is interested in right now. He's, he's done with earthly delights and he doesn't want to be delayed from his goal. Um, and so he tells Sidori about his need to find Utnapishtim and to speak with him about immortality. And Sidori's like, oh, mate, Utnapishtim, he lives across this vast sea of the, like, from the pub, like, where, where we are. 
and uh, yeah. <laughs> from the place that we are right now. Um, <laughs> Saduri warns him that no one can make that perilous journey across the sea, save for the valiant Shamash himself. Now, if you remember Shamash... Mm-hmm. Shamash, Shamash. Pretty much Gilgamesh's patron yeah. god. They got 13 wins to the face. He's the only one who can mm. do it, apparently. Uh, and you think at this point, Gilgamesh should be like, oh, it's no worries, I got this. Like, me and Shamash, yeah. pretty, we're pretty tight. But everyone keeps telling him no one can do stuff. <laughs> I think he should just keep doing it because he's breaking down barriers. <laughs> he keeps doing it. And besides, Shamash, he, he's not turning up to this party. He might just still be a little bit red-faced about... Uh, what happened with the whole bull of heaven and his boy offing that? He might just be like, "Hey, I'm just gonna sit this one out." Yeah, Gilgamesh doesn't need my help. <laughs> I'll see you next saga. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, when she sees that Gilgamesh can't be dissuaded from his quest, Suduri tells him about a ferryman uh, named Urshanabi. Urshanabi. Hello. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> a ferryman, or no, the... <laughs> just the ferryman? He's uh, he's a... oh, you big beast. <laughs> Yeah, I've got my... <laughs> oh, big and brooding. That's how I like him. <laughs> oh, he stinks. <laughs> oh, let's get off. Oh, he actually rides a ferry. All right. he, yes, he is, he is a ferryman. <laughs> uh, and, and he knows how to navigate these waters. So he's one of those like eternal beings who are there. And, and he knows how to get across this, this vast ocean. And mm-hmm. Suduri tells Gilgamesh that, you know, across the across this ocean lies the waters of death. So you've got the ocean and then you've got a par- <laughs> part of the ocean called the waters of death. It just keeps getting better. It sounds like a lovely place to go to. <laughs> I don't think they want him to go, go there, do they? Yeah, well, it must be a lovely place because that's, that's exactly where Utnapishtim resides. He's got a... <laughs> the ocean of death. Nice track of land on the shores of the, or the waters of death. Lovely. So, uh, lovely. Good spot. Uh, and she tells she tells Gil, uh, Gilgamesh where to find Urshanabi, the the ferryman. He lives deep in the forest, uh, just nearby to where the pub is. Um, so not not too far. You don't want a big walk after you've had a couple. I mean, that's just no good. Uh, but um, well, everything else, everything else has been <laughs> so far. So. <laughs> we just lighten up on the workload here. Yeah, exactly. Just a quick walk. A quick stumble. Um, mm. And so Urshanabi, he lives uh, deep in the forest, as I said, and. Uh, and, and he guards what they call in the tablets the Urnu snakes and stone things. Now, this this <laughs> is <things>. really <laughs> obscure because it's, it's scholars so far haven't been able to actually agree uh, on what they actually are and what they represent. Uh, because I love that scholars are debating it. <laughs> what are these stone things? We debate everything. <laughs> <laughs> Every single thing. Did you say we? I say we. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. When did you become a scholar? In my dreams. In my dreams. Jeez. Put a little podcast together and you're calling yourself a scholar. Shit, I'm like Fifle on his way to America. One day I will be an American. (laughs) Shit. Yeah, you just skip to the ending, pal. Don't, don't worry about your studies. Just Roll credits. Scholar. Roll credits. Get that bow tie. Um, anyway, Christ. and so various scholars, not me. Uh, <laughs> Yourself included, yeah. <laughs> um, they, yeah, still can't agree or find out really what the uh, Urnu snakes and stone things actually represent because various incomplete accounts of the tale, uh, of the tablets, sorry, sort of, 
make that part of the tale not so not so flash but there are a ton of tablets uh from various mesopotamian digs that are yet to be translated so hey we might get an answer to that one day but what uh what, what is generally thought of is that they are sort of they they're used as a way for Urshanabi the boatman or the ferryman to be able to navigate the waters of this sea and the water and the uh the waters of death so that's kind of what they're meant to there's at least what we come out of there thinking we we as in a group of scholars i got it yep, yeah, I got yeah. It. yeah collective you can be part of you can be a scholar as well if you want we're <laughs> no, handing out titles like that <laughs> i'm also a doctor once you, become a, yeah, once you become a scholar you can just name anyone else a scholar <laughs> it just goes on like that uh so, so anyway colonel matt um we yeah. uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, anyway, so Gilgamesh he heads into the deep forest to where Urshanavi lives, and he uh, nearby to the place where he lives, he comes across these Urnu snakes and stone markers or stone things, and he immediately attacks them with his sword and, and axe. He's just like fucking oh. smash time. And um, what are these stone things? <laughs> these, were, these were my way. <laughs> Gilgamesh, they're stones. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> And somebody else is like, no, no, we don't agree on that. He's like, ah, smash. (laughs) Anyway, uh, it's not really explained why Gilgamesh does this. Um, These seem to be inanimate objects. And uh, maybe it's a flashback to the dreams about the the axe and the meteor and and all that that he had back in the day. (laughs) He he doesn't want people to worship them. (laughs) So it's it's probably a way to explain that Gilgamesh is still grieving, just the, the same way that he was like beating up the lions. He's just like, just inexplicably uh, just attacking things at random times. And that's how real men show their emotions, Pat. Yeah, that's how you know you're a Marion. We smash things. You're a Marion. See you later. Uh, so Gilgamesh uh, afterwards meets Urshanabi, and Urshanabi is like, mate, what the fuck did you do to my Urnu snakes and my stone markers? Fuck. Like, what was that about? Just, just happened the way I liked them as well. Were, they, were the stone things those uh, things you see at the coast with, like, the goggle eyes on them? He was trying to sell them, or oh. <laughs> it's his little market in the garden. <laughs> I want to say they could have been like, uh, uh, well, in, for Gilgamesh's like a uh, valor and all that. I want to, I want to mm. say there's something like the stone um, Aztec creatures that you get in like Banjo Tui, uh, where they, oh yeah, 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 something like that. But they're probably not. They're probably just markers, like the tablet says. So I'm just gonna go with that. See, it's like, what the fuck were you doing, Gilgamesh? And that's exactly what Urshanabi's about as well. He's not happy about it. And then he looks at Gilgamesh and he goes, "Mate, how come you look like a distraught bum? Like, what the fuck's? What? Who are you?" <laughs> Again with the bum thing. <laughs> Gilgamesh tells him his story about all his adventures no. with Enkidu and his grief. This must take hours. I know. I know. It's a lot, lot of chatting. It's a big. It's a lot of time. <laughs> Every time he's asked a question, like, oh, okay, it's, it's a story again. It's like, pull, oh, pull up a pew, buddy. Let's let's have a look. Yeah. So the ferryman, he's moved by uh, by Gilgamesh's tale, and he agrees to take Gilgamesh to Utnapishtim, the uh, the Tin Man, and uh, he tells Gilgamesh that his journey is going to be a little bit more more difficult than it would have been because he destroyed all of his Urnu snakes and stone markers. <laughs> He's like, smooth so well move, X-Lax. <laughs> <laughs> Dickhead. It's like, it's like he's basically just like gone up and like, uh, like I don't know, let let the, the air out of Urshanabi's tires of his, of his car or something. And be like, oh, now we need to go for a drive, you fucking idiot. 
<laughs> you destroyed my stone car, you idiot. <laughs> and my snake steering wheel. <laughs> um, so Urshanabi, he goes, mate, all right, you may have you may have messed up with the Ernie snakes and the stone things, but that's that's all right. We uh, we still have a way that we can get there. What you need to do is go and cut down, uh, you know, cut 300 wooden poles um, cool. and... <laughs> Gives him various lengths, like, you know, having to be like 60 cubits long, which is like 27 and a half meters. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. And he okay. goes, yeah, he goes, they have to be covered in iron rings and, uh, and yeah, stuff like that so they can protect the boat. I'm assuming. I, I'm thinking more like a, like a water pole, like a bollard or something like that to help the ship from getting, getting off, mm-hmm. but, um, also as a way to kind of propel them, push them forward, like the, like a, um, like in the canals of, uh, Venice. I got you. Stuff like I got that. you. Push a little forward. gondola. A, yeah. A gondola. Yeah. Gondola stick. There pretty much. Pretty much. Um, and so, they, yeah, he does this in, in quick time because he's Gilgamesh. He's good at chopping things. Um, and they're good to good to chuff off. So everything's prepared and both Urshanabi and Gilgamesh set off on their journey. And Urshanabi's boat is uh, <clears throat> is decked out because the travel... Uh, you know, they travel in three days the distance it would take a normal boat to cover in like one and a half months. Oh, it's a good pulse. Finally, some speed. Some good speed pulse. in these journeys. Yeah, yeah. they're, they're making go. good t- good time. Did he make a motor out of the wood? Or <laughs> Jesus, I know it was in the shop or something. <laughs> I just, I just, <laughs> yeah, uh, that makes sense. You, yeah, you can propel right. me with your, with your pulse, mate. Uh, and so they arrive uh, at the the waters of death. And Gilgamesh, this is the time for him to use those poles properly to guide him through, guide him and the boat through. So, mm-hmm. but the thing about Gilgamesh is he's too strong, and all and, and the poles begin to break with his attempts to propel the boat forward. Oh. He breaks two hundred ninety nine of these poles <laughs> before he figures he should do another one. Well, just imagine Urshanabi in the back of the boat going, "What the? F-? Like, come on, What's mate! This guy doing? <laughs> how, many, how many of these things is it going to take for it to sink in <laughs> after the last pole is broke? <laughs> Gilgamesh is like, "Fuck this." He takes off his animal skin, so he's standing there full buff. Mm. <laughs> it's only a matter of time. Oh, yeah. oh, no, old uh, freaking um, uh, fighting with uh, Humbaba. He's giving him some ideas. He's like, yeah, just waggle it about yeah. for a little bit <laughs> and see what Oiled happens. Up. Uh, but no, <laughs> yeah. he he holds his arms aloft and uh, and between his or with each hand, he holds up the skins and uses that as a sail. Ah, yeah, because he's still Very super nice. strong and. Uh, and yeah, does that. But remember, he hasn't really washed in a while either. So you've got Gil- uh, you've got Urshanabi who's downwind. Hope maybe. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> brutal. In Gilgamesh, stinky balls, stinky bum balls. Um, oh, salty. Anyway, while this is all happening at, in the waters of death, uh, <laughs> there stands an old man on the shore in the distance, and he's wondering what the hell's going on. And he's like, his first thought is, "What's with the stone markers being broken? And who's this nameless?" Fucking ho- naked yeah. bum, who's using <laughs> his na- his who's using his nappy as a as a stay as a sail to steer yes. to, to steer Urshanabi's boat. And, Smell uh, of death. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't be great. And uh, Urshanabi and uh, and Gilgamesh they disembark the boat, and the old man asks Gilgamesh who he is, and uh, pretty much just like why he looks like shit. And you, you hope he's put his, uh, his skins back on by now. But uh, let me guess, does he tell him his tale? <laughs> Well, uh, 
<laughs> the ferryman's just like, oh, Jesus, not again. <laughs> I didn't listen to the story again. <laughs> well, I don't want to break with tradition, so I won't. And Gilgamesh <laughs> is like, I'm Gilgamesh, I'm grieving. And he tells him the same story he's told everybody during this sto- this, this this journey. And, uh, and yeah, and how he's pretty much shed himself of his riches and, and now he's living the rough man wildlife. And he tells the old man about his desire to gain immortality. And the old man looks at him and he's like, mate, nothing lasts forever. So why would you grieve about mortality? And so it, for me, when I read that, I was like, mate, fucking have a bit of like perspective there, Gilgamesh. Like you're two parts God one part human you're a king over a mighty land and its people you're living like a pretty good life anyway uh all you cared about was like banging other people's chicks and like fighting <laughs> like you, you you had a pretty good Sounds life by your accounts. yeah so it's a bit rich that you're having a sook about your lot in life and being you know being mortal oh he like, lost his he lost his friend bud he lost his friend he only had one friend. The best of friends. Eat shit, Gilgamesh. Like. So now he wants to live forever. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do you want to be an immortal king now? Uh, and the, but anyway, the old man explains to Gilgamesh that the great gods uh, known as the Anunnaki uh, established life and death for mankind, but that they did not make known the days of death. So uh, basically saying, yep, you know, they made, they created life, but, you know, the time of, of any of anyone or anything's death is not certain. So that's kind of what makes life beautiful is the fact you're not really sure when it's going to happen. Yeah. It's a wise old man, isn't it? Yeah, that's well, a, Gilgamesh that, certainly thinks so because the penny kind of drops from him and he realises that this old man is Utnapishtim. He is the tin man, oh, the man of which Gilgamesh finally seeks. finally worked that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did he? I thought we just assumed. I thought you even said that when he got there. <laughs> I knew it was him. It was me, eh? <laughs> I'm pretty clever. Well, I am a scholar. Uh, yeah, so. yeah, and a doctor. <laughs> and a colonel. Yeah, and a doctor. <laughs> All over it. <laughs> yeah, and so, so Gilgamesh, he is in awe of Utnapishtim. And he's like, dude, we are the same. I was totally going to fight you to gain the secret of, all mal- of, of immortality. But now I can't bring myself to strike you. Can you just tell me what, what I need to do to become a mortal? And Norton Epistrom is like, yeah, no worries, mate. I'll tell you a secret. <laughs> Please don't fight me. <laughs> and we'll hear, hear all about this secret. If, <laughs> don't if, <laughs> if you guys buy something. <laughs> yeah. After this yeah. quick ad break. <laughs> <laughs> Buy all the stuff, guys. I want to hear the secret. Okay, and we are back. I hope you bought some or you don't get to hear the secret. I hope you bought it. You don't get no secret. I'll stop listening now. You don't get to hear it. It's the honor system, guys. If you didn't buy something, you can't listen. So all three of you that are listening, stop. (laughs) Unless you didn't buy anything. Mom and Dad, turn off this podcast now. You too, Graham Graham. Yeah. Unless you buy Gang of Cuffs. Uh, so um, uh, we're getting to the secret now. And Utnapishtim tells Gilgamesh that once upon a time, he was a king. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Should have assumed that. Yeah, of course. So he was the king of the city of Shurupak. 
Suwupak, am I right? Yeah. Uh, south of Nippur, not Nikur, the, uh, the, the, the really hard city to pronounce that I uh, fucked up last episode. <laughs> <laughs> Nippur, on the banks of the Euphrates River. So, you know, we're, we're in the same sort of realm. Yeah. And the great gods met in secret. Uh, the gods, you know, the ones that we know of, of there, the Anu, the king of the gods, Enlil, the god of earth, wind, and air. Not wind and fire, the cool band, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you I, I sensed you. I sensed... <laughs> I, was, I was jumping at the bit. I, was, <laughs> I sensed a disturbance in the force. That was... <laughs> that was... <laughs> the earth... Was it, was it earth, wind, and 13? Oh, earth, 13, winds, and fire, so... <laughs> Oh, no, it's Shamash, mate. What are you doing? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Uh, you've also got Ninurta, the <laughs> god of, uh, or goddess of war and wells, uh, amongst the other things I said earlier. So she's, you know, and wells. A lot of stuff going on here. You got uh, Inugi. Inugi. <laughs> hey, He's no. the god of irrigation. So, you know, not as Inugi. awesome. <laughs> Just irrigation. So, right. Mate, you irrigation and canals. I'm your god. Anything else? Uh, I'm not really sure. <laughs> Sprinklers are cool. That's cool. <laughs> anything, anything else? Uh, yeah, maybe just in, yeah, hire somebody else. Ah, <laughs> uh, my plate's full. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and <laughs> yeah. lastly, you've got the god Ea. Just Ea. Mm-hmm. So he's the god of wisdom, or one of the gods of wisdom, and crafts. So he's, like, he's, he's considered by all to be the cleverest of the gods. So mm-hmm. I want to think like... Crafty. Uh, like for those who who don't who aren't particularly mythologically based, think like Loki from the Avengers, uh, the the Marvel movies. Like Loki's a oh, bit, a of, bit a of a trickster. He's very he's, he's very clever, and uh, you know he, he generally he's, he's a bit different from the other gods. He's got comedic value, good timing. He, he does. He does. Yeah. Is yeah. he's got uh, yes. what's his name? Middleton, Tom Middleton, the actor. Uh, Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. Hiddleston. Yeah. Yeah. He's cool. Yeah. I like him. Got a bit of time. Tom. <laughs> Shout out to you, Tommy. Man crush. <laughs> hope you're enjoying. <laughs> hope you're enjoying the podcast. <laughs> Shout out to Tommy. Yes. Um, and so the 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 the, uh, the reason for this meeting in secret is Enlil. He's uh, the god of earth, wind, and fire. That mm-hmm. <laughs> earth, wind, and air. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's annoyed at the intolerable noise which humankind are making. And to be honest, the rest of the gods have been a bit a, a bit annoyed by it as well. Like you know, there's human beings are a springy. They they're going. They're, there's a lot of of cities and and just noise and clatter that's being made by them. And and for uh, Enlil especially, he's a bit annoyed because it's making it impossible for him to sleep. Ooh. And gods need sleep, so he's pretty pretty shitty about that. And so the gods then agreed and decided to destroy everything to bring some peace and quiet to the world. <laughs> well, yeah, you have to start somewhere, I suppose. Well, yeah, so it's, it's destroy everything. Seemed like agreed. a quick a quick meeting as well. Like, I just stop it all. Yeah. God, I'm hungover. Yeah, yeah, kill them all. <laughs> They're obviously hungover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kill them all, Fagum. <laughs> Fucking Cerruti Ceru- brew bottles are all over the floor. Yeah. It's like, fuck yeah, it. Sorry. Stop it. Oh, Jesus. Shut up, humanity. Oh. <laughs> and so um, they, they decide pretty quickly that that's going to be what's going to have to happen. And then Lil's going to be the, uh, the instigator. Uh, and they, they, uh, they, they're all sworn to secretly. Uh, secrets, uh, secrecy, sorry. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, and Ea, he wasn't really down for having having you know this happen, especially because Utnapishtim, the king of the city, uh, and his family, they get destroyed. Though they'd be destroyed as well, and he's got a he's got a nice affiliation with them. So uh, he decides that he's going to have something to say about that. Now Ea, Ea goes down to Utnapishtim um, in this in the form of a dream. So he makes a dream happen in which uh, Utnapishtim. Uh, sees the vision of Ea come down to him, and Ea says that Enlil is go- he's going to order a massive flood to come and wash away everything and everyone. And he he goes ahead to order uh, Utnapishtim to gather his materials and build a massive boat of immense dimensions <laughs> and to prepare. What's a massive boat called, Pat? Is that uh, an ark? <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> It sounds like a very similar story. Yeah. Some later super original story will uh, we'll use this as well. I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, wow. A couple of thousand years later, <laughs> the old Ark story. Oh Jesus! But anyway, Utnapishtim, he's he's a little bit worried. He goes, "Oh mate, that'll be a while to build a boat that big. Uh, what do I tell my my fellow uh, Shurupakians, uh, like the fellow my fellow human uh, or man you know, yeah. humans? Uh, what do I do? Do I warn the elder, the elders, or anything like that?" And Ea in the dream pretty much just tells him to lie and says something like, "Oh, it appears that Enlil is uh, rejecting me, the king." So I can't I can't reside in this city anymore. So I'm gonna go off. Yeah, I'm going. I'm gonna go off to to Apsu and hang out with Ea. That's what I'm gonna do. And so this is it. so this is what he says to the uh, the the people of Shurupak the next day. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. They're like, oh, oh, okay. That's a bit weird that that our king is gonna get banished. But sh- should we come with you? Just leave him. Should we come with you? Because we're like we we're, we're your people. Like, should we do that? You're our leader. And he's like, no, oh, no, 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 no. Don't worry about that. Um, what you guys should do, just stay here. Because, you know, my main god, Ea, he's told me he's going to rain down some abundance for you. Like, shitloads of fishes. You're going to have great harvest. He's going to make it even. Get this. He's going to make it rain loaves of bread and wheat. It's going to be fucking great. You guys hang in the city. And they're like, it's, it's, it's going to be good. I'm the only one who has to go because, the, you know, yeah, Enlil doesn't like me. You guys, though, you guys are going to get some great stuff. You're going to get... Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Like, <laughs> you're just going to live forever in a great way. That's awesome. But I'm leaving. <laughs> I don't want the great stuff. I'm leaving. <laughs> you wouldn't be suspicious at all. And the people of Shurupak, they're, they're convinced. But they, and, and not only that, they turn up the next day to Utnapishtim's place and they help him build his boat. Oh. And, and at the time, while they're building, this whole thing's going underway. Utnapishtim, he orders that bulls gets, uh, bulls and, sl- and sheep get slaughtered. And he provides like a river of Siduri brews for everybody. All the workers there. Siduri brewing. Always a good decision. Oh, so just keeping them, keeping them, you know, keeping them happy. <laughs> He's, do whatever they want. It's pretty much <laughs> intended for them to celebrate like it's their, their New Year's festival. Uh, okay. Why are we building this really, really, really big boat? I don't know. Just keep drinking, mate. Shut up, mate. Keep drinking. Exactly. <laughs> Try the sheep. Mm. Yeah. And so, you know, it's an effective plan because the boat is ready on the seventh day and they launch the boat into the Euphrates. Oh. And, uh, yeah, pretty much pretty much immediately, uh, Utnapishtim, uh, so the tin man, he loads up all of his shit on this thing. So, like... Uh, Pretty much, what is it? Um, yeah, I'll quote it here, actually, from the tablet. He goes, whatever I had, this is Utnapishtim talking, whatever I had, I loaded on it. Whether it's silver, 
I had, or, or whatever silver I had, I loaded on it. Whatever gold I had, I loaded on it. All the all the things, um, all the living things that I had loaded onto it. I had all of my kin, and all of my kith and kin go up onto the boat. All the beasts <laughs> and animals of the field and the craftsmen I had go up on it. So you're like, okay. Your family gets saved. You get all, all your, your kith and kin. So, like, all your extended, mm-hmm. your second and third cousins and all that are jumping on board. You get all the beasts and animals. So, you go, okay, that's that's fine. You need animals and all that. And all the craftsmen as well. But no talk about the craftsmen's families or anything like that. Oh. So, you're just like, what? what? <laughs> very strange. <laughs> no, very strange. It's still a pretty big boat. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, big, it's big enough. Big enough. No one's it's complaining. Big arc, eh? They're like, oh, it's pretty oh. good. Why are we all getting invited on? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I suppose uh, Udnapishtim is a king. He's not really. He doesn't know how to build anything. He's uh, yeah. <laughs> just got him on there, I guess. Yeah. Um, I would say Udnapishtim, him and his shitload of cargo, or all ready to uh, to 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 get 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 rolling when Shamash comes to him and says, "Mate, it's gonna come down. It's gonna start pretty soon. Raining bread and grain. You got to seal this boat up because it's about to fucking hit." <laughs> And so, uh, uh, here's a good name for you. Is um, Puzu Ramuri. Puzu. Yeah, we'll call <laughs> it. Yeah, Puzu Ramuri. Puzu the boatman is his title. Yeah. He seals off the boat for Udnapishtim, and in uh, in return for this, Udnapishtim gives him his palace and all of the contents within. <laughs> Weird nice. present to give the guy who seals up your boat, who is a boatman, probably pretty handy to <laughs> yeah. have out there on the water. So you, yeah, give, yeah. you give him your kingdom and all the shit in it moments before the world's going to be destroyed where that palace is. <laughs> seems like a bit of a sucky gift. Yeah, what a <laughs> dick. Seems nice. And yeah. imagine, imagine when he's sealing up the boat. He's like, oh, thanks, Utnapishtim. Thanks, my king. Oh, I won't let you down. Um, I love doing this. Song. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, mate. I just want to seal this up yeah. real quick. Like, yeah. you, you oh, I should probably stay just, you know, while, while we start, just in case anything leaks. No, 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 it's fine. Just go down to Newcastle. Go check out the basement down there, like the like the hardest room to get to. Go check that out, mate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it looks like rain. Oh, it doesn't? <laughs> oh, it doesn't? Shut those windows, bud. <laughs> get hammer in there, Matty. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit mad. <laughs> it's a bit fucking dark. <laughs> You're like, shit, mate. <laughs> yeah. I thought this guy was an Oscar. Wouldn't have pushed him to fuck with. <laughs> like, shit. Yeah, a bit of a knob. <laughs> yeah. And so the storm hits uh, and it hits something chronic. Like, uh, the visions I'm getting is think like that that shitty movie, The Day After Tomorrow, with all the, like, deep impact. <laughs> like, these horrible tsunamis. And, mi- and yeah. mix that with, like, the rain that happens in, like, Jumanji. Like, it's just relentless. And the storm was so crazy, even the gods themselves start freaking out. They're like, holy fuck, this is, this is huge. We may have gone too far. What have you done, Enlil? Oh, Jesus. And so they run to like the highest part of the heavens and they're like cowering like frightened dogs. <laughs> the, it's the even potency. louder than before. Jesus. <laughs> I can't get any sleep. No, we're done fucked up now. Uh, and so, yeah, they're, they're really just scared at the power that they've uh, been able to, un- or that Enlil's been able to unleash. And um, uh, Ishtar starts weeping and laments the destruction of her people. Uh, and the other gods, uh, as I said before, named the Anun- Anunnaki, the, 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 the great gods, they join in the weeping for the destruction of humankind. And, uh, for six days and seven nights, the storm raged until finally <laughs> at dawn. Harrison Ford again. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's ter- movie's terrible. Stop it. <laughs> Stop plugging it, Matt. <laughs> just keep trying to put it in there. It was only for one day, but I'm just I'm saying six days, seven nights. Ah. You're supposed to be you're supposed to be saying a week, but you just keep saying it like that. <laughs> they 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 owe me money. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so on the seventh I day, they, I think they owe money. Still, <laughs> for the shit. still in the red. Yep. <laughs> and so on the seventh day, the seas and skies calmed. And Upnapishtim, he opens the hatch of the boat to get some fresh air. And he notices that there is ocean on all sides. So like the whole world or his whole world has been flooded. Is it a world of water? Also known as water world? But... Dry land is not a myth. I've seen it. <laughs> Where's Kevin Costner? With um, his gills. <laughs> and he himself starts weeping at the destruction of humankind. Oh. And you're like, come on, mate. A bit rich for you to be crying about it now. Like, you're more than happy to, to let Uzza go and take your castle moments before. Well, actually, my name is Puzu Ramuri. Moments after he yep. seals, seals you in the boat. You take all your silver and gold out of it. And you have yeah. your New Year's, Eve, New Year's Eve party for everybody. And uh, full knowing that they're all going to die. Like couple of days later yeah uh but anyway he's he's starting to feel pretty bad about it and he, he also notices that during the storm the boat had actually run aground so not just the ground it's run aground on the top or near the top of mount nimsu or nimush sorry nimush uh it's mm-hmm. believed to be like uh, it's, it's it's got a different name now but it's believed to be in like northern iraq so uh, that's how much the earth is flooded. Is 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 near the top of a mountain where the where the boat's lodged, and he's been st- he's uh-huh. stuck there for another week, not for six days and seven nights. He's <laughs> stuck there for a week, a full week. And yeah, and then oh. Ut- Ut- Utnapishtim uh, re- decides to release a dove in search of dry land. Ah, uh, nice. Sound a bit familiar to friggin' yeah, yeah, just a little bit. And so finding no. So this no- story was before. <laughs> yeah, like two thousand okay. years before. Like, it's just very old. They're already, they're already doing reruns. It's <laughs> a remake. Yes, or statute of limitations. Like, it, like yeah, that is like, oh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that now. Um, anyway, um, does that mean we'll soon have another six days, seven nights movie? Or we could only hope. remake. We could only hope <laughs> with Harrison Ford and Anne Hayes as their age now. <laughs> Extremely We're old. On the same days. island again. Uh. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, um, so yeah, the dove has been released, uh, and finding no place to perch, uh, the dove returns to Undapishtim. So on the next day, he released a swallow, which also returned. Mm-hmm. And then he, on the third day, he sent off a raven, which disappeared beyond the horizon. Is he like rummaging through the luggage, like, oh, where are my bloody birds? <laughs> They're all stuffed in car- cages. Ah. It's probably like the raven's been looking at him funny the last week or last two weeks, and he's like, yeah. "You know what, bird? You get the hell out." And then shifty eyes. See, buddy. Them cold eyes. <laughs> Old huck the raven. Yeah. Just sitting there, nevermore, for like for like weeks, and you just like, fuck off, get out. Oh, did Edgar Allan Poe write from this as well? Did he <laughs> yeah. steal it from this? <laughs> oh, no doubt, no doubt. Um, so the yeah, the raven disappears over the horizon, and Orton pitched him. He gets super excited by this, and he decides, "I'm gonna just just." toss out all the birds he's like go for it just go ham uh, and he, he jumps out of the boat because remember it's still uh, lodged on the side of uh, Mount Nimush and yep. he decides to make an offering of incense uh, on the side of the mountain and overhead as in, in the in the heavens the gods smell the offerings 
um, which apparently smell really nice because they just go bug fuck over it. Like they, they so just a bit of incense. Uh, it's incense and a bunch of other sacrificial stuff that they would make. Uh, people would make uh, or sacrifice to the gods, so it smells great. And the and gods, the gods are, just go they're, crazy they're, for it. Crazy for it. They start gathering around the altar, which uh, Utnapishtim made this sacrifice. So it's like Lynx body spray, Africa. <laughs> like, is that what? <laughs> It's just oh, it's it's what everyone who wears links Africa thinks. Like all, it's what all the guys think chicks do when they smell no, links Africa. That's that brute stuff. That's I know that was me when oh. I was sixteen. I was like, oh, oh no. I'm gonna be swimming in it. Girls will fall over. And the only thing I was swimming in was links Africa because you use like half a can on yourself, thinking <laughs> thinking it's exactly what they want. I can't lie. You smell like pure gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, stings the nostrils. Yeah. So, but for some reason, uh, the gods, uh, they they react to it like a like a dog would react to seeing a schmacko. Like, they they love it. Is, is schmacko a worldwide treat? Are other people going to know this? It's got to be. It's got to be. Well, just tell them dogs go wacko for schmackos. That's well, the saying. Well, it's, it's probably as well known as the movie Six Days and Seven Nights. <laughs> it's probably that well known. <laughs> probably. <laughs> They're both up there. Uh, so, and, and we've got to remember, it's been about a fortnight since the gods have been sacrificed to by anybody because everybody else is dead. So they're probably they're probably like really needing a sacrifice, mm. somebody to give give them some attention, and uh, <laughs> so they love the, the they love the smell. Uh, Ishtar comes down uh, wearing a necklace of lapis lazuli. Now it's made, uh, shaped in uh, with the jewels shaped like flies. Now uh, lapis lazuli, lazuli, sorry, is uh, is like the jewels of heaven, but it's it's a stone that is used now in like modern day jewelry. But it's one of those sto- stones that are clearly. Um, have uh, use for worship in God, at least in, in Mesopotamian cultures. Like it's very, it's it's a good thing to have. Apparently, if you're a god, it's a, it's a fancy stone. I yeah, gotcha. yeah, I'm on it. <laughs> like cubic zirconia. Like she's she's putting on the good stuff this time. Ah, nice. Yeah, she's coming down saying her lamentations over what has happened, and she won't forget these this day and what and what 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 all happened, and uh, you know. Okay, fair enough. Like she did, like she was happy to, uh, you know, uh, open the underworld and uh, let all the dead come up and eat the living because Gilgamesh said no to marrying her. But <laughs> she's she's pretty like she feels pretty bad about this. Whatever, woman's gone. <laughs> so you know, you'd tell Cranky. like you could tell like from this day of this flood to the day that um, Gilgamesh uh, rebukes her. Uh, a few things have probably happened in her to change her mindset. Like she was like, "Oh, I feel so bad that everyone's dead," and now she's like, "Kill everyone," because <laughs> he wouldn't yeah. like me. <laughs> Wah. But, yeah, uh, Ishtar sees this uh, this this offering and all that. She gets all the other gods to gather around the altar uh, of the the offerings which Utnapishtim had made, but she forbades Enlil, the god who caused the flood, uh, from coming near as it was he who called the, caused the flood in her mind and uh, consigned her people to destruction. And that's where you're like... So mm-hmm. even though they all agreed to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure you were part of this uh, this agreement there, Ishtar. Don't you be jumping on your high horse now. You were more than happy. 
Like this sneaky ma- bitch. Maybe with the exception of Ia, because he at least like tells one of his human mates what what what's going on. What's going on? But mm. like, you got blood on your hands as well, sister. Like don't you don't you try to try to step out of this one at all. Yes. So all the other gods are there, uh, and Enlil rocks up because he smells what's cooking, and you know he's obviously one in as well. He sees the boat. <laughs> oh yeah. And he just he just goes ape shit. He's not happy at all. And he's like, what? Are there mortals on this boat that I see? No one's meant to escape this flood. I am fucking ropeable. And, and Ninurta... I just want to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Ninurta pipes up and she says something along the lines of, mate, if any mortals survived, he's probably got something to do with it. That guy knows all the things and he probably told somebody about it. And he, uh, like, he's like, I don't know if he's looking sheepishly or not. He just steps up to Enlil and basically questions uh, the severity of Enlil's actions. And he's like, mate, if somebody, um, somebody does you wrong, don't destroy them. Just mess them up a little bit so they learn, like, something. Like, he's like, you could have <laughs> sent a lion or sent a wolf or, like, a famine to ravage humankind. But you went straight to the flood. That's, that's a bit extreme there, mate. Um, now, all this is probably something they should have talked about at their secret meeting. <laughs> oh, you mean the meeting where they went, flood, yes. Yes, like, like straight done. to flood. Like, not even, yeah. They didn't even drag out the whiteboard to uh, to put on ideas, just, just no. spit some ideas. I was just like, obviously, this no is No brainstorming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and so Ia goes on to say, um, you know, it was not I who revealed the secrets of the gods. I only made a dream appear to Utnapishtim. And thus he heard the secrets of the gods. You're like, mate, that means that you gave away the secrets <laughs> of the gods. <laughs> Were they convinced with that? Or, oh, okay. I suppose he didn't actually do it. <laughs> he he just made a dream happen himself, where he did he where he did it. You're like, where he told him. Oh, okay. Come. But oh. they are they are convinced about it. <laughs> It oh seems. my gosh! Right. But well, they're at least calmed by it. They're like, oh yeah, I guess it makes sense. You're like, oh, fucking yeah, gods. It is kind of. It is still pretty quiet. I guess he himself <laughs> didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then Ia says, he, he goes, mate, we need to decide what to do about Utnapishtim now and the others on the boat. So he still throws his mate Utnapishtim under the bus. <laughs> We take the heat <laughs> off himself. He's like, fuck, yeah, come on. Yeah. And so Enlil takes Utnapishtim's hand and takes him back to the boat. Uh, like Lovely music's playing. And he takes him to Utnapishtim's wife and holds her hand with his other hand. And while they're both on their knees on either side of Enlil, Enlil touches their forehead, blesses them, and makes them like the gods. Immortal. Ooh, look at that, eh? So you're like, all right, like... That was the answer. That's the end. <laughs> That's the answer. Like you were so <laughs> pissed off that we were mortal. Oh, I'm so annoyed that you guys are mortaling. You survived my flood. Ah, oh, I'm gonna make you immortal now. <laughs> you guys are gonna live forever. But is Gilgamesh thinking this guy? Oh, if I just flood the world, they'll make me mortal. <laughs> if I build a boat, <laughs> what I'm gonna do is leave the tap on for a while, and I'll be right. Yeah, I can start this. <laughs> but what's weird is that the, the the tablet doesn't say anything about everybody else on the boat. What about like Utnapishtim's kith and his king and the craftsmen? Like, what about them? Not, no, not a <laughs> word is said about these guys at all. Somebody please think of the craftsmen. We don't even know what Utnapishtim's wife is named. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. even have a name oh, in this. No name. The nameless oh. wife. Wow. Yeah. So you know, rough punishment could be like you know, living forever, the cursed with immortality. 
But, you know, and, and you kind of think that way because it came with a price. Because him and his wife, they are to ma- they're made to live far away and settle in the mouth of the rivers, uh, which is where Gilgamesh finds them. So basically settle uh, at the mouth of the rivers, so the waters of death. That's where mm. that's where he finds him now. So that's where they're living. Charming. Yep. Great great holiday spot. Yeah. And Utnapishtim says to Gilgamesh, that's how he became immortal, and starts to just starts to sort of chastise me. And he goes, Now who's gonna convene to the gods on your behalf? Like are you just like, Oh, Utnapishtim <laughs> slam. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> like boom. <laughs> well, he's had ten thousand years to think about sweet come back. <laughs> How, how long had he been bothering his wife with just trying to come up with a boss? For the slam? next person that comes up trying to bloody be immortal, I've got a big one for him. I've got an awesome one. He probably um, muffed the line. But <laughs> who are you to be? You? Oh shit! No! Oh no! Well, having uh, hosted a having hosted a podcast, I know it's pretty hard to get out the good lines in, in a clean, <laughs> clean way. So you, you know the ones that you scripted, and when you fuck them up, you're just like, ah, shit, <laughs> reshoot. <laughs> but oh. he's got no, no, no move for that. Utnapishtim's just laid down the smack, and Gilgamesh is like, oh man, uh, I feel pretty bad about this. But uh, Utnapishtim then says, all right, all right, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you a chance. I'll give you a chance. What you can do <laughs> if you can stay awake for. Uh, six days and seven nights, then, <laughs> then you would have passed. You would have passed my test. Do you mean like if you can stay up during this movie, or <laughs> like, if you don't fall asleep during the first showing of this movie? Hang on, mate. We're gonna put on Lord of the Rings extended edition. All three of them. If you can stay up, you'll be right. <laughs> no, I've been watching watching the six day seven night movie. That's <laughs> watching the intro to that. Ugh. Oh, Pat. <laughs> I'm off to snoozy land. So uh, Gilgamesh agrees and he just, you know, pops on his haunches and he prepares. But as he does so, a mist of sleep surrounds him and he just dozes off to sleep. Oh, no. Yeah. Utnapishtim looks over his wife and he says, look at that. Such a strong man. He can't even stay awake for a bit. And he wants (laughs) to turn alive. (laughs) I don't think so, Jim. Yeah, and his wife, the nameless, uh, the nameless wife, is like, "Oh, go easy on him, Tin Man." You know, we can't all be, we can't all be bailed out at the end. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. like we were. And she goes, "But really, oh," and she says, "She she says to Nepishtim, you know, um, you know, just give give Gilgamesh a little light light push, um, so he wakes up and can return to his homeland safely." And he's like, nah, 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 nah. This Gilgamesh guy, he's, he's, he's a human. He's a mortal. He says, mortals or men are deceivers. And he will try to deceive you and me. Uh, so what you should do, you should go off and bake a loaf of bread. One loaf each day. <laughs> and that while he sleeps, make a mark on the wall so he knows how long he slept for. And so she does this. And over the course of seven days, she bakes seven loaves and places them near Gilgamesh's head. And the oldest, by the time, on the seventh day, the uh, uh, the oldest one was hard, and uh, the newest one was still on the embers, so still baking. And then Utnapishtim is like, all right, I'm going to wake up this fuckhead. And so he nudges Gilgamesh. <laughs> time to leave Gilgamesh. Here's the big reveal. Fuck off, mate. Don't have to go home, but you can't stay here, buddy. <laughs> we were having fun with you, but now it's quite ridiculous. <laughs> I've gone through all my dough, mate. <laughs> 
<laughs> Gonna go to the mill now. Shit. Um, <laughs> Jerk. And so Gilgamesh he rouses and he's like, "Oh, mate, I hardly slept at all. Like, like, what was this about? You, you only just, you only just touched me." And he's like, "Ah, no, 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 nah, dog. <laughs> I made bread." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Nah, dog. Check all, check out all these loaves." And he sort of, he, he, you know, uh, directs him to each loaf and how long uh, time span that is. You know, one that's freshly baked and the other one that's gone super hard after, after you know, getting all moldy and shit. Now, Gilgamesh could have said, like, mate, this doesn't prove anything. It could be like... <laughs> yeah, I would have been like, is that how we should measure time like that still? <laughs> mate, I'm only five loaves late. <laughs> you and your wife could be just slobs and just keep, <laughs> yeah. keep mouldy bread around. Like, I don't know. You and your nameless wife. You guys are immortal. Who knows what gives you kicks these days? Yeah. Uh, um, but Gilgamesh, he's, 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 he's humble and he accepts the, rea- the reality that he's failed. And uh, he asks Utnapishtim where he should go because he's still feeling pretty, pretty surrounded by death, like metaphorically. He's he's, he's still mm. pretty glum. And Utnapishtim he turns to Ushanabi, who's been there the whole time. Um, <laughs> he's like, "Oh, could I have some? Could, could, uh, could I have a piece of toast?" And he's like, "No, it's for, for a dramatic effect." That's, yeah, yeah. Oshinabi, this is timekeeping bread, mate. It's not for eating. Can I leave? No, you need to take Gilgamesh back when we're done with this. Well, Urshanabi can leave now because because uh, banishes him. God, he goes, geez. all right, Urshanabi, you brought this Gilgamesh knob here. Uh, you've got to, you've, you're banished. You're not allowed to to travel these oceans anymore. Uh, you've you basically got to go somewhere else. I'm not having you around, mate. But he tells he, he tells him to take Gilgamesh to a washing place where he can get himself all nice and cleaned up, get all the shit off him, toss all the animal rags away, and um, and just give him a, a fresh set of clothes. And you go, first of all, that's pretty tough treatment of the ferryman. He's just doing his job. Oh, and then you give him another job after firing him. Yeah, and Oshinabi's if you would be like, uh, he's like, you can take that job and shove it under fish. <laughs> yeah, catch it, champ. I guess I'm banished from doing any jobs for you now as well. See yeah. you later, mate. Yeah. See ya. Actually, I'll tell you all about this while I'm walking away. Catch ya. Yeah, um, you're mortal, jackass. And in the end, like, no punishment for Gilgamesh? He has got away this entire time. <laughs> the worst thing that happened to him was his friend was killed. Like, and he was the good guy. Oh, Gilgamesh. Yep. Fucking jerk. Oshinabi being, uh, he doesn't have much of a backbone. He agrees to take uh, Gilgamesh with him. Uh, and he gives him, gives him, takes him to the the place of bathing, and cleans him all up, and makes him more, more, uh, or more splendorous and marvelous. And he gives him uh, the clothes that Utnapishtim has given him, are clothes that are so awesome and regal and just like very kingly. <laughs> but he looks but like a pimp. <laughs> the, the thing about them is that these clothes won't wear out at all for his entire journey back to Uruk. So. His clothes are going to be immaculate for the whole trip. Like, there's not going to be any rips, not going to be any stains. He's just going to be looking fancy, looking awesome, like looking like like classic Gilgamesh. Yes, like looking like your typical, uh, you know, Sumerian king. Just looking, your awesome. leading man, right there. He's back. OG Gilgamesh. He's back. <laughs> OG. <laughs> and so, uh, I'm pretty sure I said uh, after bathing him. Utnapishtim is told uh, Urshanabi to take Gilgamesh back aboard his boat for one final voyage across the sea and then to fuck off. Like, take Gil- pretty much take Gilgamesh back to Uruk and don't come back yourself, Urshanabi. You're done. And then you're fine. Yeah, yeah. So Urshanabi's like, all right, Gilgamesh, I guess I'm stuck with you now, mate. Then he's like, oh, great. <laughs> so 
uh, Utnapishtim's nameless wife, uh, she goes, oh, come on, Timnan, give Gilgamesh something to take back with him. You know, apart from all that fabulous clothing and, and, and life lessons yeah. that you gave him. <laughs> he's like, this guy always gets given something. And Utnapishtim is like, yeah, all right. So he goes, I'll tell you another secret, a secret of the gods. And so he tells Gilgamesh oh. about a very rare thorny plant, uh, like a box thorn, it's, it's said, mm-hmm. um, which grows deep beneath the waves. And so uh, is in, in the, the, the vast ocean. So he goes, the, mm. the plant has a great fragrance and it's called the old man becomes a young man plant. Oh, the old man becomes a young man plant. <laughs> what what does the plant do, Pat? <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to have a look at the manual on this one. Yeah, good name. God, they're speaking in riddles. <laughs> like, <laughs> what will it do? Didn't think too hard on that name. <laughs> Is it just poisonous and it will kill them? And it's just a joke. <laughs> oh, you idiot! You actually ate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's been. A, he, he's immortal now, so he's he's probably good on on telling jokes and just fucking with uh, mortals. But he tells Gilgamesh that if he plant, um, if he um, uh, grasps or has the plant, that plant has the power to turn an old man into a young man. In case the title of the plant didn't give it away to you, <laughs> he goes nice. doesn't say anything about immortality, um, it, or just it just might be like age reversal. Think like a Benjamin Button thing, or like a or like, oh yes, or like a reset. Like like you get you you revert back to being an old man. Um, it's kind of implied that it's you. You get to be immortal, but uh, the way it's worded, you sort of go. Mm, I'm not really sure. Like you might just have. They a should second have named dig. the uh, plant better. <laughs> it's been a bit more accurate. <laughs> the immortal plant that turns you from a young man to an old man, but then you get to stay as a young man. But oh, um, yeah. Actually, uh, oh. They call plant. it the the old man becomes a young man forever plant. Just just yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Just How like, young exactly? Uh, <laughs> 22. There you go, 22. Bro. Revert to being a baby forever. You're like, ah, shit. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Oh, anyway, yeah. So uh, they set sail and uh, it's not long until Gug- uh, Gug- Gilgamesh spots the plant. <laughs> Has he already turned into a baby? It's King Gugumesh. Awful. <laughs> 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 Give him something to play with. Uh, give, give him the tag of a yeah. shirt. He'll, that'll keep, keep a him rattle, happy for yeah. <laughs> Set of keys. He'll be fine. And so Gilgamesh and Urshanavi, they set sail. And it's not long before Gilgamesh spots the plant with his awesome eyes at the bottom of the ocean. And uh, <laughs> Is he just sticking his head out like on the boat, just into the water? Like, yeah. Yeah. So he ties a, bunch, uh, ties a couple of hard, uh, a couple of stones to his feet, jumps in the water and sinks to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> Hope he knows the knot he tied. <laughs> he's a mighty man. Don't worry, he's, he's good. Yeah, he's yeah, got yeah, some yeah. stuff going on. And so he finds the plant and after a few pricks on the thorn, he manages to grab it. And then I unties the uh, the stones or unfastens the stones that are tied to his legs, and he swims to the surface with the plant in hand. And him, uh, Gilgamesh, is overjoyed, and he tells Urshanabi that when he turn- returns to Uruk, he will share it with uh, the elders and the people, and then partake of the plant himself. So you think like, oh, this is like a new look Gilgamesh, like man of the people. Yeah, look at him go, eh? But that's one version. <laughs> oh no. Another version where it reads that uh, Gilgamesh, uh, you know, he's saying that he'll go and test the plant on, an, like, some old man in the city. Some old mate, yeah. And then to see if it works and then have the rest himself. 
So you're like, ah, yeah. that's the Gilgamesh <laughs> we know. There he is. There's the Gilgamesh. Classic dick. <laughs> Um, so anyway, they 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 cross the the waters of death and the big sea, and they they jump back over onto onto land. They moor the boat, and then they set off on foot. They don't stop at the pub. Um, Sidori's uh, her 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 door is undarkened by the uh, by the duo, and they because they've got they got they got to go. They got the plant. They're feeling good. So for fifty leagues, uh, they travel, and then they stop for the night by the shore of a cool spring. And Gilgamesh, you know, you've walked fifty leagues. You're like, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna get my soak on. Uh, just you know, jumps into the spring and relaxes. But uh, as it happens, uh, a snake catches the fragrance of the thorny plant, Ooh. and he slithers up to it and gobbles up the plant, and then slith- <laughs> slithers back into the bushes. But before he disappears in the bushes, <laughs> he sheds his skin just before just before disappearing. Uh, <laughs> just to leave a little bit of evidence that it was a snake <laughs> revealing the flower power at work he couldn't avoid explaining uh to 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 people why snakes shed their skin explanation of the world uh so this whole saga was to work out why snakes shed their skin i have a feeling <laughs> It's somebody <laughs> hours it, upon hours this is going to be uh, uh my daughter Everly. Uh, asking me in a couple of years, Dad, why do snakes oh, shed Jesus. their skin? Well, little one, I hope you got a couple of hours Aww. to spare. <laughs> You'll be like Gilgamesh, and his life story he tells to everybody. It's like, oh my god, it's <laughs> like fuck, brutal. Could you just dot point I like this it better when you. I liked it better when you were just screwing my wife. <laughs> Stop talking to me. Stop <laughs> talking to me. Unless <laughs> you're ignoring me, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but this scene of the snake gobbling down the plant and shedding his skin and then fucking off into the wilderness. Gilgamesh has seen this from the spring. So he spotted this from afar and he's seen the whole thing happen. And he's devastated. He just like, he just bursts into tears. Like he's at the end of his rope. He's like, this is bullshit. Oh God. And so you'd think maybe, maybe a good idea is to walk the 50 leagues back to the boat and then go out sailing and have another crack at that plant. But uh, no, no. Gilgamesh and Urshanabi, they decide to travel back, back onto the city of Uruk. And, uh, Mate, what a what a fun hike that would have been. Like <laughs> Oshinabi has been banished and probably pretty shitty at Gilgamesh because he's the reason he's no longer the ferryman. Yeah. Uh, and then Gilgamesh has <laughs> lost the plant of eternal youth or whatever we're gonna call it. Mm. <laughs> oh, the the old man becomes a young man plant. Like it's yeah. <laughs> no conversation. It would have been silent. Pretty quiet over those leagues. Walking through the gates and the scorpion beans, like, how'd you go with your, your quest, guys? <laughs> oh, mate, how'd you go, Gilgamesh? Hey, you picked up a friend there, Gilgamesh. Oh, Shinabi, you're, you're the ferryman. What are you doing on land? What are you doing walking? Oh, oh, shit. Ah, okay, I guess I go fuck myself then, eh? Okay, okay. Hey, guys. Back to garden. Have you guys seen a snake around? We saw one slither by. <laughs> Looked like he had a bit of a spring in his step. That's <laughs> <laughs> some youthful vigor again. Uh, yeah. It's like, oh, you fucking mentioned that snake, mate. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, they return um, to the to the city of Uruk, and Gilgamesh uh, plays. He plays a travel guide, and he shows Urshanabi around the city, and they inspect the city's walls, its constructions, uh, the fields, the orchards, and also the temple of Ishtar. So all the places, the the hot spots in the city, uh, Gilgamesh is showing them that. Um, so. Oshinabi's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, pretty nice city. Uh, they talk a lot about the walls. Like, the walls of uh, Uruk were quite formidable in this story. 
and uh, they they take a lot of time discussing that. But uh, you know, they they come back to the city, and he it's at this point that uh, the main part of the quest, the epic, is over. Oh, it is done. Gilga, gone. Now Man. there's 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 like subtext below. Um, there's like a like not a lost chapter, but part of the tablet tells about how Gilgamesh ruled afterwards, and he basically rules wisely and fair fairly until his death. So he finally became a decent bloke. Well, yeah, all that all that shit in the first uh, in this first episode, or sorry, first part about him leading from the front, but also from behind. Yeah, uh, that's that's probably coming from him being an awesome ruler at this point. So he's 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 thinking about the people supposedly, and he's ruling really well. He's got a bit of bit more life experience. He's got a different different outlook on life, different perspective. Oh well, there we there we go. We learned some lessons. Happy ending. Nice. He only bangs his own wife. <laughs> <laughs> Lesson learned. He goes, "All right, guys. There's gonna be some changes around here." Is she a nameless wife as well? Or? Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Just the nameless wife. Yeah. Or in <laughs> this case, he probably... Yeah, I think he had like a few wives. Like he as many wives and concubines as he likes. But he does it within the realm of uh, what is expected of this of a ruler. So don't be banging anybody else's wives unless they're, you know, Shamat the harlot. If that's her job, sweet. Like... <laughs> Go go to town, fill your boots, but uh, don't be banging anybody else. Forty wives, wives. Yeah, just just keep marrying them, yeah. and it's fine. <laughs> just, just turn them into decent women, and you'll be right, mate. Just collect them. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, so that's it. That's the end. That's, the epic of wow. Gilgamesh. Oh, that was something. I'm glad he got. I'm got, well, at least the snake, because if he got away with that, the plant, the <laughs> he wouldn't have learned anything. You'd be like, holy shit. <laughs> Yeah. This guy just did whatever he wanted to. He did. He <laughs> really joke. did. He really did. But uh, mate, yeah, oh. that's uh, that's it. <laughs> that's oh, it. Thank mate. God for the snake. Woo. That's that had a bit in it. <laughs> a lot in it. It's a lot of hope at the end. <laughs> you <know>. <laughs> that's all we can. That's all we can hope for. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, oh, wowza! That is. That is I'm, I hope everybody else enjoyed it. That was good. Yeah, I, wow. I personally love that story. It's got a bit of everything. It really... It's got everything. Not a bit of it. It's got everything you could possibly want. But uh, and then it's, uh, I, I just love the uh, like in all these tales. Think like think about uh, um, yeah. Uh, so Utnapishtim's story about the flood and all that. You're like, mate, that's pretty fucking. That's on the nose a bit for Noah's Noah's Ark and all that jazz. Yep, straight but, on the money. Yeah, but also the Bible just hanging hanging shit on snakes. You're just like, mate, <laughs> like the snake that eats the uh, the old man becomes a young man plant and then it's like a little shit yeah. of his skin. He goes, ah, yeah, fuck you, Gilgamesh. We'll see you later. <laughs> He's like, mate, that was amazing. Stop hanging it on snakes. <laughs> Like, what they do? Yeah, what snakes do. It was a bit one of the writers. At least this snake was like a little bit cheeky. He was just like a hoo-hoo. Yeah. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> Eat your plants. See ya. <laughs> Leave my skin. It was, I could just imagine him smiling. And doing a little jerk. <laughs> Give him a little, a little wink. <laughs> a little wink before he goes. <laughs> hey, Gilgamesh. You missed the spot. <laughs> While scrubbing in the bath. <laughs> Maybe Gilgamesh was still like transfixed. It was bringing back like PTSD from when he fought Humbaba. <laughs> he's, he's like, yeah. ah, snake. Oh. Oh my god, snake dick. Oh. Come back into his snake trance. He's like, oh. He just froze up. <laughs> oh, very uh, good. So, Gilgamesh. We're all well aware of Gilgamesh now. Yeah, we know Gilgi. 
and he's prick youth days and then became a good leader. Well, think like it, it'd be pretty bad. Actually, it'd be pretty funny if he ended up eating the plant and then somehow it was mistitled. So he goes to become Gugu Mesh, uh, the baby king. Mm. <laughs> I think that's a good spin off. Stuck <laughs> in <Gugu> that. Mesh. <laughs> <laughs> pitching that around the uh, around the campfire or, or around the scribes' room. So like, and that if Gugu Mesh turns out to be a baby, and everyone's like, oh, what? <laughs> Get out. The baby king. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then he's immortal, so they can't get rid of him as king. It's like, he's a fucking baby. He won't die. He's a baby, but he's still probably three times as strong as anybody else in the city. Yes. He's like that Hercules baby. Yeah. Yes. It's like, oh, still can't get him off. He's just really irrational. Absolutely. He's just, he's just a little jerk. Oh, it'd be a good kingdom. Yeah. Oh, well, we got our spin-off movie. Very nice. Oh well, very enjoyable. Well, thank you for inviting me into that saga. Oh, thank you for thank you for being a part of it, mate. I think you brought some uh, some amazing color to it, and uh, it was it's been the a movie pleasure. six days and seven nights. Is my uh, go watch it, everybody. <laughs> yes, it's now showing. You will be disappointed <laughs> if you thought this podcast was a waste of time. Go watch that movie, then get yourself some perspective. You also threw out Island of Dr. Moreau <laughs> with Marlon Brando. Yeah, that was a bit obscure. <laughs> oh. Who else? Oh, Val Kilmer. Yeah, it's a yeah, yeah. movie. They are tr- it is trash. And David Thewlis. I don't know one. Yeah, it's it's wow. Was that Lupin from uh, Harry Potter? Is that him? Yes. Yes. Yeah. David Thewlis. Yeah. 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 That movie is is shit. It's. I remember it's really Val Kilmer cool. getting intimate with a cheetah woman. I think I remember that. Mm. I was like, done. Yeah. He was just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh well. We shall leave it there. And, uh, mate, I'll, I'll catch up with you next time. I promise I won't give you a, um, a multi-episode <laughs> series. An epic, another epic. You epic doubt. Yeah. Wow. That was something else. That was good. It was good. Yeah. All right, then. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, and like always, uh, if you like the podcast, give us a like, uh, leave a comment wherever you're, wherever you're hearing us. Um, and, yeah. Hey, if you have any, uh, any, any topics... Any, any myths or folk tales that you'd like us to go through that we haven't uh, commented on or, or you know, done anything on yet, um, please, yeah, um, shoot us a message, shoot us an email, and, uh, yeah, we'll see what can be done. But uh, for now, we shall say farewell. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to A Little History. Uh, we're an independent podcast, so it would truly be wonderful if you could uh, like or follow us wherever you're hearing A Little History today. Uh, and feel free to leave a comment below as well. Now, if you want to get in touch, uh, have any suggestions for future episodes, or you just want to send in your love, send it to a little history podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter under a little history podcast. All right, we'll see you next time.